0: Everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co host, the other Dr. Mental, my husband, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us.
1: All right, I have a personal question for you. Okay. Are you sure you can handle this?
0: I can handle it. Especially coming from you. (laughs) We talk a lot about personal things. Yeah, I know, but this is going out to the whole wide world. This is for all of our listeners to hear, right? Have you ever had a
1: desire to make sure everything was exactly just right? You know, a place for everything, everything in its place. Do you ever think, you know, if I could ever just do that, whatever it is, I'd be totally happy the rest of my life?
0: Yeah, I, I'm not really in that camp directly. But here's another way that you could think about that, Norm. Um, do you ever sort of think that everyone needs to hold themselves to the same standards? So they have to do it exactly the same way or the way that you want it. Or maybe you even get to the point where you start to think, I have to be perfect, I have to do things exactly right, or I won't be loved.
1: You're starting to sound like a perfectionist to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Great intro. Thank you very much. But you do push yourself to do things uh, and you want them right. I know that about you. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist?
0: You know, I think I have some tendencies at times. I think it's more of wanting to be excellent in what I'm doing. So I set high standards, and I think that's a little bit different than feeling like you have to have everything exactly right or you can't move on. Now, but when I say that, I'm thinking about, you know, world-class athletes, which I'm definitely not <laughs> in any sport, including ping pong or anything you have. To. I'll vouch for that. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, they have extraordinarily high standards mm-hmm. and they're not label perfectionists. I think just because they aim high, they don't say, oh, that, you know. Is Michael Jordan a perfectionist? Yes, I think people would say that. Well, would they say that? Or would they just say he's well-practiced and he just goes over and over and over his skill until he gets it right? So I think that desire to excel is different than the desire to actually be perfect. So I think we should be careful not to confuse perfectionism with excellence, which is about pushing yourself okay. to do your personal okay. best. That,
1: that makes a lot of sense. But I know your family was really, really big on academic success, and your dad especially wasn't happy with uh, failure, even little bits of failure.
0: I know. I came home one time with an A- <laughs> and I thought I had really let him down.
1: <laughs> the world had ended.
0: You know, and, and I know what his motivation was now I mean later in life that he was really wanting us to do well because he thought that was the ticket to a good life right he right. didn't have those opportunities and he wanted us that to. was
1: really a generational thing I want my kids to do better have yeah. a better life than we have
0: yeah and and they also my dad actually immigrated from Germany at the right. age of two so they had a lot of barriers to overcome coming to this country and my grandfather never even learned to drive a car wow so he was really trying to to push us but I think there is a little bit of that—that that it had to be the it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. At times, I did feel mm-hmm. that pressure.
1: So then, could you help us define this? What exactly is perfectionism?
0: Okay, so it's the need to appear or to be perfect, and it's searching really. Now, think about this: something that's really unattainable, mm. um, because you can't be perfect in all things that no, you do. No, of course not. And it's based on this belief that I'm not okay if I'm not doing it completely perfectly. So Hmm. it's an unrealistic standard, really. And if you have to constantly be searching for that standard and you never are able to make it, you're not going to feel good about yourself.
1: I would think not. So if you don't allow yourself to enjoy success... Because you always have to aim higher, it seems like that might cause you, and for that matter, the people around you, some pretty significant distress at times.
0: Yeah, and I know sometimes we joke about that. Oh, she's a perfectionist, mm-hmm. or that's just you know somebody who's trying to be perfect. And we actually associate that sometimes with success, right? right so the right. two things are going together. Because
1: sometimes if you're perfect, you are successful, right?
0: Yeah, but I, what I have seen, particularly in therapy, is that that gets in the way of people feeling like they're accomplishing things Mm. and actually reaching that success because they're always thinking they're not doing it well enough
1: so it's out of balance yeah
0: it really is you know i think one of the things norman we start looking at this um why are people like this what really brings them to that and we do know that genetics do play a little bit of a role and it definitely influences you know the way you are but this really begins very early in life when you start to think that you are only valued if you accomplish things. So I think it, stem- it stems from a dissatisfaction in yourself, who you are, you know what you're doing, because nothing is ever good enough. And then you learn to value yourself based on the approval of other people.
1: Well, we don't want to blame parents, but if it starts early in life, there's got to be some influence from the family, right? Yeah,
0: so I think that's it, especially when there's such a a premium on accomplishing things. So, you know, it it can be something that makes you really do better, but on the other hand, I wouldn't say that it's an adaptive skill because it's going to interfere with your life. I mean, you just can't keep doing this, and one of the real keys... Of perfectionism is that when people struggle with that, they often procrastinate.
1: Mm, why?
0: I know that sounds. It almost sounds counterintuitive, yeah, doesn't it? It does because it's like I've I've got to do it exactly right, and so if I don't do it exactly right, then it's not going to be right at all. So why even start? Oh, so so it's, it's hard of, to get going.
1: It's kind of like the paralysis of analysis yeah. in a different way. It's yeah. a paralysis of perfectionism
0: yeah that that is really great so an example of that would be like if a student turns in an an essay you know weeks late or not at all and the reason you ask them why why did you wait so late you think this is a smart kid they should know they should they, and you know, they're going to do well on their assignment, but they say, I just, I was spending so much time on it. I didn't like the drafts that I was getting and I didn't want to do it. And I kept procrastinating to get it done because I wanted it to be exactly perfect.
1: They got stuck.
0: Yeah. And here's another example I can give you. I worked with an architect years ago and he really struggled with perfectionism and he was constantly late on those, what do they call them, those renderings the, they have yeah, to do? The yeah, the drafts and the renderings. Yeah, and it was because of the same thing. He was like, I know I need to get started, but I'm so afraid I'm going to make a mistake, and I'm not going to do it right, that I just keep thinking, okay, i got to get in this right frame of mind to do this.
1: So you said, I'm afraid. Talk about anxiety.
0: Yeah, and that's it. It really does correlate a lot with anxiety, sometimes depression, eating disorders. You, oh. know, I, you know I had especially practice sure. in that, and That sometimes with anorexia, that was something that we call comorbid, which just means it occurs together. Hmm. So it it comes together. And then other things. And, you know, so I think we can think of this as kind of like, oh, you're a perfectionist, but we really need to understand this is causing people's anxiety when Hmm. they're really trying to accomplish things to be loved and valued.
1: So does this lead sometimes to avoidance and withdrawing from other people?
0: Yeah, so that would be another side of this, right? That I don't want to do it at all if I can't do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So
1: can perfectionism ever be good? I mean, is there a good side to this?
0: I mean, there is some research that argues that it could be adaptive. Like, um, it's, it's not... I don't know if it really is. I have to really think about that for a minute. But it is, if it's driven by fear and fear of failure, then it, it can't be good for you, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not a good motive no, to get no, you going. No. So anything that has a fear root just isn't going to be good for you.
1: What about side effects like physical uh, effects on your body?
0: Yeah, so when you look at the data, one of the uh, side effects of this type of thinking and living in this constant need to be perfect is that it can be a predictor of coronary heart disease and some other physical problems, right? So a high score on this scale is important. You know, if you really score high on perfectionism, you could have some risk factors for some physical issues.
1: You know, I've noticed that perfectionists that I've known seem to do better when their stress is low. That kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, sometimes, but then when pushed or the stress really increases, uh, they're likely to become just a lot uh, they're going to have a lot of anxiety and maybe even get depressed.
1: Hmm. How does perfectionism impact a personal relationship?
0: Well, the tendency is to demand perfection from friends and from family and coworkers and others. And if you're constantly looking for that or feeling like you have to be that person who does it perfectly, that makes relationships really hard. I mean, if you if you look at your spouse and you think they need to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's not an issue we have, Right. <laughs> but if you look at that and you you're critical of that person it's going to cause relationship problems
1: well it's the it's the it's the um Toothpaste problem.
0: Well, let me give you an easy example. Let me give you, let's not go back to that one. We'll just tell them it was a different show, right? So let's say that your husband does dishes and he's like really excited that he, you know, he stepped right in there, he did the dishes and he was being helpful. And you look in the sink and you notice that he didn't get a couple of those dishes really clean.
1: Oh, you sound like my mother.
0: And you say, well, you missed several places. Uh Those will need to be washed again. I mean, how would you feel if I did that to you?
1: I'd feel like you were my mother telling me <laughs> to do the dishes again. Yeah.
0: And that's the problem. It, it tends to make us critical of other people mm. because we see the flaws and we're really afraid of those flaws.
1: So, does it ever help to tell someone who's a perfectionist, hey, just lower your standards a bit?
0: Yeah, not really. Um, Most have been told that many, many times. (laughs) It's really just better to get at the root of the problem, which probably relates to that need to be accepted and cared for through doing things and accomplishing things. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, we have a quiz for all of our listeners to see if they or someone they know has any of these perfectionistic traits. So you might be a perfectionist depending on how you score, right?
0: Yeah, we found this online quiz from Life Coach. Celestine, is that Celestine. how you say her name? Celestine? I think Celestine? Celestine? I don't know. Chua. I'm probably saying that name wrong too, but she's the founder of an organization called Personal Excellence.
1: Excellent. Speaking of, <laughs> we're going to start the quiz in just a minute right after the break, and we're going to find out if you or someone you know may score high on the perfectionism scale. First, let's take this break. We'll be right back. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work?
0: Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry.
1: Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Don't forget, check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And look there for all her books and blogs and her social media and all the good stuff to find out what she's doing.
0: You know, I'm blogging every week. I, I do two new articles a week, so there's all kinds of fun things. So I just did one on fubbing. Oh,
1: excuse me?
0: That's I'm not going to even tell you what that is. You'll have to read the blog to find out what that is. Can you
1: spell it for me? <laughs> it's
0: fub. Inc. Just like it sounds. P-H.
1: I'd uh, see, it sounds fub. like F.
0: Yeah, FUB. F- <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> we have a lot of fun articles, a lot of relationship issues, and fun things that you can read about. Mental
1: health. All right, let's take this quiz. I want to find out if you're a perfectionist. Okay. Here's the first question. There's no room for mistakes. Whenever you see an error, you're the first one to jump on it and correct it. What's that all
0: about? Well, that's the fear of making mistakes, Norm. You know, perfectionists often equate mistakes with failure and in building their lives around, uh, they build their lives actually around avoiding mistakes. And you know what's really sad about that? Mistakes are a lot of times when you learn to grow. Right. And you learn from your mistakes. So if you have to live in the anxiety of always feeling like you can't do that and you have to avoid it. Um, and then it, it's really, I have a friend who's kind of like this and jumps on any little thing I say that I don't say quite correctly. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it doesn't help your friendship either. it yeah,
1: doesn't feel good either. No. Well, I tell our students in our media program, this is the last safe place to fail. Because when That's you get good. out in the real world, yeah. it's not quite so safe when you fail.
0: Yeah, and I say that to med students, too. I say this is kind of like the low-hanging fruit, right? You can, you can mess up here. Don't mess up with a real person. Right. right. <laughs> so kind of what's, the,
1: what's the antidote to this fear of failure?
0: You know, if you just practice sometimes leaving some things undone, oh. or just, just leave something there and notice that it's not quite perfect, and look at it, and don't do anything about it. You know, like, try to tolerate that looking at that
1: okay. oh so if I leave dishes overnight in the sink you you can practice this yeah
0: and I can I can just look at that and go okay it's not what I want but this is probably okay this is good and so it's kind of like what we would call an exposure procedure where you're exposing yourself to things that are not perfect and trying to tolerate that oh. so that you don't quite get so worked up about uh, you know okay. things that aren't perfect
1: so it's kind of choosing between what's really truly essential and not
0: yeah a little bit like that.
1: Okay, here's the second part of the quiz. You have a very specific manner in which things should be done. Is that kind of like your way or the highway?
0: Yeah, and you're really specific about it. I think that's the issue, and nothing can be out of place, so it really has to conform to the way that you want this. So this norm is really an overemphasis on you should do it this way, you must do it this way, or you ought. So when Mm. you hear should, must, ought. I mean, a perfectionist lives with these sort of endless list of rigid rules for what they have to do. Mm. And so everything has to be done a certain way, even when you don't really want to do it that way.
1: Boy, it sounds like bondage to me. It does,
0: doesn't it? It is when you really are struggling with this.
1: Okay, number three, how are you guys doing at home? Number three, you have an all or nothing approach. It's either you do everything well, or you don't do it at all. Everything must go because there's no in between. in between.
0: Yeah, that's really a problem. And and what really what you see is when that's the case if they don't do it well, then they feel like they're somehow they're worthless and they're not somebody that, you know, has anything to contribute. And so, you know, the straight A student who receives a B might believe I'm just a total failure when a, a B is a good grade right. for somebody who's if they're really trying. So, right. that again makes anxiety.
1: <laughs> okay, number 4. It's all about the end result. You don't care what happens in between or what it takes to actually achieve the goal. You just want to make sure that the end result is attained. Otherwise, you're annoyed or devastated or some other kind of negative emotion, I guess.
0: And underneath that one is really the fear of failure. Mm. So that one, again, failure is equated with achieving those goals, and there's and and that is equated with your personal worth or value. Uh,
1: so if I don't achieve,
0: then I'm not, I'm, I'm worthless somehow. Lost I don't that. have yeah. Where does that message come from? I mean, I think it again. It's a real focus on accomplishments when you're little, and you don't hear. You know, we we love it. In the Christian faith, because we say that God just loves us because of who we are, right? It's unconditional. So if you're somebody that was given conditional love growing up based on what you did, Mm -hmm. um, then you're going to develop that sort of idea that you have to accomplish to get that affection.
1: I think this one's related. Number five, you're extremely hard on yourself. Whenever something goes wrong, you become just extra hard on yourself it doesn't matter if it's your fault or not whether it's a small thing or not you're always quick to beat yourself up and feel extremely bad about a mistake and you do that for a long time
0: yeah this one's related to another one of the fear factors we could call them Hmm. and that's the fear of disapproval so if others see your flaws You fear that people will no longer accept you. And I can tell you that that is really a root under someone struggling with an eating disorder Mm. because their attempt to control their food is a way to make their body look perfect, right? And so they're so afraid in therapy to say, but if you, a lot of times they'll just say this to me, if you really knew me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be with me. And I think, wow. I mean, I'm trying to get to know you, and everybody has faults and failures, and I'm not going to disapprove of you just because you might not do everything perfectly, but that belief is really instilled and is at the root of that. But that's
1: pretty much distorted thinking, isn't it? I it mean. is.
0: Well, that's what you have to work on. These, this is definitely a tie, all of these, that I'm not worth anything, I can't make a mistake, I can't fail. Uh, you know, All of this is what we would call maladaptive thoughts or irrational thoughts, mm. because you have to give yourself some grace in life.
1: Okay, quiz takers. Number six, you become depressed when you don't achieve your goals. So you often mull over the outcomes that don't turn out quite like you hoped. You keep wondering, what if? More importantly, you feel like everything must be your fault if you didn't achieve the perfect desired standard.
0: So this is all about extremely high standards for yourself and not giving yourself a break, basically. And so it's really not to to correct this. Setting high standards isn't really the problem um, because setting standards that can't be realistically attained is the problem, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. you can have those high standards like an athlete does. I'm going to continue to work on this so that I can run the mile faster Faster, or, or do something like that. But you're really doing things that are not even attainable, and that can be very destructive. So part of the antidote for this is to look at your expectations. Are you trying to do too much? for too many people. And if that's the case, adjust those expectations and then set a standard that's reachable.
1: makes sense. Well, number seven goes with that. I think success is never enough. Whatever you do, there's always something greater or greater height to aim for. Even when you achieve X, you want double X. And when you achieve double X, you want five X.
0: Yeah, you know what comes to mind with that is contentment. Mm. That Again, so isn't there an interesting contrast here about pushing ourselves but then being somewhat content that we did our best along the way yeah and that's a little bit hard
1: yeah wow okay number eight you're constantly spotting mistakes when others don't see any oh (laughs) while this can simply mean that you're just very detail-oriented the real perfectionist will often spot mistakes and issues from a mile away, whether they're real or not.
0: Yeah, they're just getting hyper, hyper into it. And then I'm going to quickly go to the, the last one, Norm, because I want to get to some of the spiritual things. But, you know, you just spend too much time on everything because you're trying to get everything completely right. So people can look at this, listen to this, try to figure out how they did on this quiz. But I want to read Ephesians 2.8 because it says, For it is by free grace... God's unmerited favor that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourself, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving. In other words, Norm, that scripture, that was the Amplified Bible, mm-hmm. by the way, you can't earn God's love or right standing. It's just not possible. So right there, God is telling us, we can't do that. We're saved by grace, not by what we do. And Christ's death and resurrection made our right standing with God's possible. We didn't do it. He did.
1: I love that. And Paul said in Second Corinthians, for our sake, he, God, made Christ virtually to be sin." He knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become the righteousness of God. That means what we ought to be, approved and acceptable in the right relationship with him by his goodness. And when he said made him sin, that means when he took our sin on him at the cross.
0: Yeah, and this is the basis of any kind of acceptance. We know that God accepts us. So as we we kind of wrap up this show, we hope that we sort of got you more in touch with whether you're struggling with these things or not. But I want you to recognize that there's a lot you can learn, positive things that can happen from making mistakes. So when you make a mistake, just think, can I learn from this experience? And maybe you can. I hope you can.
1: Mm-hmm. I certainly love this idea of learning from our mistakes. I mean, that's part of growth, growth mindset, yeah, as we've, we've talked done shows about on many that. times. Yeah, we have. But we've talked about anxiety and fear in the program and as we're wrapping up, I wonder if facing our fears could be seen as learning from life.
0: We really need to do that. That's the best way that you deal with anxiety is you face it, you tolerate it, you move through it. And, of course, we all are very familiar, Norm, with that verse from 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So you have to remember that if it's fear-based, it's not coming from God.
1: Well, close us out now with a great scripture that we love so much that has us focusing on the one who was and is perfect, and he's doing his work in us.
0: That's right. He's the only one that was perfect ever. Philippians one six says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So as Christians, because we're accepted, that Jesus bore our sins when he died on the cross, you and I are already perfect in God's sight. We have nothing to prove. We're accepted. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.